Welcome to the Beston and Greenway MBL podcast. You're listening to Carl Beston and, of course, taking the road. Some would say, country roads, take me home to the place I belong. Western Melbourne, Mountain Mama, take me home. Country roads. It is Sebastian Greenway on the road from the country. Welcome back, brother. Hey, mate, money, money never sleeps. And I've got to say, you interrupted a, a classic, a Billy Joel classic that was playing when you gave me the call, yeah. which is, uh, we didn't start the fire, which I reckon is what Mitch Creek's been saying for the last 24 oh, hours. Mate, the, we are coming with all the musical references today. <laughs> it is, uh, and seeing some people have decided to go around calling us, what are, what are they calling us? Like knockoff... Uh, Knock off, Bill, um, Bill Simmons. You know, everyone's calling us that. Well, it, well, it's five fifty-seven on uh, December the thirteenth, <laughs> Monday, December. Anyway, let's move on. We're, we're going to be taking swings at plenty of people today, Seb. So, um, hey, there's a fundamental difference between us and Bill Simmons, and that is, we get tweets from people saying, "Here's the two hundred and fifty or the three hundred dollars I won. Thanks a lot, brother, for the assist." Yeah, correct. You know, that's a big difference. Uh, you know, five losses and uh, hemorrhaging cash flow. That's the difference. That's the difference. There's plenty of those pods going around, mate. There's plenty of those, but we we don't we don't uh we just give out the good stuff, man. So uh, ready to go. But yeah, let's let's talk. Who did start the fire, Seb? Uh, yesterday. Look, I, I'm you're gonna hate me, mate. But I don't really. I just love the theatre of it. I'm in yep. the camp of I see both sides, and at the end of the day, the publicity. The theatre for the NBL is great. The challenge will be when it happens again, right? And then they decide we can't have this every week or every second week or what have you. Because we're going to look like a backwater league and someone's going to get pinged for it when Mitch Creek and Peatley, etc. walk away scot-free. That's the issue for me. What do you reckon? Does Peatling become the scapegoat, given he is a younger player, you know, role player? Is he the guy that they, they throw under the bus, do you think? I don't think they throw either of them under the bus, mate, because the coverage has been so enormous for them that yeah. they're going to look at it and go, nah, that's great. And you know what? To a certain extent, I reckon it's emblematic of Aussie culture. You yeah. know, like, I mean, bring back the, the beef, mate. Remember that? You know, that was that was big in the, uh, in the AFL, and I know a lot of people lament the physicality of the game. And to be, to be brutally honest, one of the things about the NBL which we love is that it isn't like the NBA where you can't touch the guy. You know, there is physical contact and we do respect and we do reward the more physically gifted players. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's kind of how I see it, mate. Sorry to be boring and and be on both sides of the fence here, but I I just, that's how I kind of saw it. I could go after Mitch Creek for the carry-on, but personally, I don't want to. I could go on about Pete Ling for standing up for his teammates or whatever whatever it is, you know, a stupid mm. move or a cheap shot. But at the end of the day, I see both sides. And frankly, I thought Mitch Creek summed it up pretty well afterwards where he said, forget all that wash. Melbourne United were down a couple of players and it kind of is irrelevant. We want to beat them at full strength. Mm. That to me was the bigger take-home point. Yeah, it was a great win for the Phoenix. 
uh, it could have been and should have been better a better win in my opinion. Actually, they yeah. gave up. It wasn't a, the uh, wasn't the walkover that you proclaimed. No, during it work. wasn't. It wasn't. But I mean, it looked like it for a while there. But I think the bigger the bigger take home was that you know what was exactly that for me. How about you? Have you got you got different thoughts? No, on no. Today? It's surprisingly similar. Just a bit more bit more of an emotional response than what you got i liked yeah. it from i didn't mind what mitch creek did you know what like if you yeah. want to if you want to put the hammer down on melbourne's you know golding and and delhi are melbourne's you know spiritual leaders right they are the men yeah. in the locker room amongst the boys yeah. right and if you want to send a message to your crosstown rivals and and dunk it on a guy and then let him know about it that's cool. I don't have a problem with what Mitch Creek did, right? That's fine. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not for pussyfooting around with this stuff. I actually think it was I, – I have no problem with that. But I also have no problem then with Mason Peatling going, nah, that's not going to fly, brother, and delivering the mow down at the throwdown, right? Like, I'm yeah. cool with – I'm real – I'm I was really impressed that Mitch – that um that Mason Peatling did it. To be honest, because yeah. you got to remember, this goes back to last year. Mitch Creek was was bullying Mason Peatling around in that Melbourne United Southeast Melbourne series, talking trash, doing all this sort of stuff. And, and Mason Peatling just stood up yesterday and go, "Enough's enough, brother. You're copping yeah. it." And as I, you know, I have that famous saying on the court, man: you you talk shit, you get hit. Like exactly. And and I'm I, I like to think I'm being consistent with this because we attended an NBL Cup game earlier this year where Jack White. Yeah. Um, try what was the Adelaide Imports name again? I forget his name now. Um, Crocker. Yeah, Crocker. How he tried to hammer it on Crocker's head when the game was over with a matter of seconds to like not long to go, right? And Crocker sat him on his ass, right? And that's what you do. These are the unwritten rules of basketball. And I'm telling you right now, like the stuff that Dean Vickerman came out saying, he goes, Oh, he apologized to the boys in the locker room, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Bullshit, Seb. Like the locker room would have loved. They were giving him fist pumps, fist bumps, yeah. and handshakes, and that as he was going off. The boys would have loved it. It's great. Yeah. Like Richard Jefferson responded with this on Twitter today as well. Richard Jefferson goes, "If someone did that to my boy Delhi, I'd do it too." And it's just what you yeah. do. Your leader gets knocked to the ground. You're you're there, and you're putting a hit on, and it benefited Melbourne United. People go, "Oh, Mitch Creek's out of the game, and I'm going to clutch my pearls over here." You know, this isn't right. <laughs> it, it they got a benefit from it. They got the extra foul shot, right? Plus, they put yeah. Mitch Creek in foul trouble. Probably Mitch Creek. I, I'm not saying he should have been ejected. I don't think so. But by the letter of yeah. the law, he should have gone. But he didn't yeah. go, and I'm cool with that. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying he should have been gone, but if if we're you know looking through NBL rulebook regulation dot you know it, it's he should have been gone, but that's cool. Like I have no problem. I think it was sorted out properly and fairly. And same with the Sydney yeah. one as well. The Sydney and Illawarra yeah. one. I don't want to see suspensions for anyone, right? Because no. if you look at the Melbourne United thing, like there were players that clearly came off the Melbourne United bench. And as well as um, yeah. as well as Chris as well. I'm not sure he counts as a player or spectator or, or what goes on there, but he left the bench as well. These guys left the bench. I'm cool with that, right? Don't suspend yeah. them. They just went in there to protect their you know like their young player on the team, and I'm totally fine with that. I I think yeah. I I do have the one issue I kind of have with this sort of stuff is I. 
I don't think it should be... People should be very careful when going into crowds with it, right? So yeah. I would have preferred... Well, and, it- also, and also, mate, the inconsistencies that is sure to come up when this sort of thing happens again and they throw the book at the guy. Yeah. Whoever it is. This is know? the problem is, is the precedent argument is the key one that's going to come out of this. Right. Yeah. So, as yeah. you said, it's going to depend who the which. Like, it's a bit like I won't reference it to. I won't do that. But like, it's a bit like, you know, they always throw the no name under the bus. It's generally yeah. you make an example of someone that the media is not going to carry on about that the NBL universe isn't going to carry on about. Right. And yeah. that's what my yeah. question was: whether they'll do that to Mason Peatling. I don't think anyone did anything wrong on the weekend. Mitch wants to yeah. do that. That's cool, but you got to be expect. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear that was rugby and all this sort, and yeah. that has no place in the game and all that from him. No, Come no, on, no. man. That, that, that's why I disagree with you slightly on his interview. Like, yeah. bro, you give as good as you get. Like, oh, you that, gave that it. aspect was stupid. That aspect was. Stupid. And like saying saying that I didn't know if the ball went in or not. Then why are you flexing no, over the top of someone yeah, when you when you're yeah, doing bro. that? Right? You yeah, you, know, yeah. you you do the crime. You, you know, you, pay, you you do the you. Know, I won't say you do the time here because you're not going to get the time. But you cop the hit, talk shit, get yeah. hit. See you later. Done. Well done, Mason hey. Peatling. Have no yeah. problem with what Creek did. Same with the Angus Glover thing. You telling me that Illawarra weren't talking shit to Angus Glover all game, being a former Illawarra boy yeah. and all that, right? And he stepped over. Yeah, he stepped over. Um, Froling. It was a step over though. Yeah. He didn't initiate. You know, he wasn't the one who who decided on violence there, right? It was Froling who grabbed his legs, right? That yeah. started that one. So you yeah. can't. I don't think you can throw the book at any of whether it be Creek, whether it be Peatling, whether it be Glover, whether it be Froling or anyone involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let let and, the and boys the, play, I say, Seb. <laughs> That's it, mate. And the thing about it is, what about the, po- the just the, the poetic nature of it, that it was Delhi, right? Like, I reckon that just adds so much to it. Because all of a sudden, yeah, Richard Jefferson's commenting on it. Yeah, yeah Sports Center are picking it up. It's getting millions and millions of views. You know, yeah, like, it's I not happening. Delhi, if it's Shay Ely, it's not happening. Correct. You know, it's just like, look at this in the Australian Basketball League with 100,000 views max. You know, yeah. like, that's it. You know, yeah. but the fact that it was Delhi, it was it was poetry in motion for the NBL. It was great theatre, and that's why I think we've just got to say it was a great weekend. And, and, and also, the thing I will say about that is Delhi's been copying it on social media. I know he's the kind of guy that doesn't care, and he just runs, he just walks to the beat of his own drum. But people are really quick to shit on Delhi, in my mm, opinion. I agree. And I thought, you know, I thought he was okay in the first game, but my goodness, he was incredible in the uh, in the throwdown on the weekend. He and, and Illy. He, really is, he and Illy. He and Illy shut down Mumford. Man, everyone was talking Mumford yeah. this, Mumford that for the first yeah. week. Uh, and I, I don't like. I agree with you on Delhi. I, I, I just think he's a star and I you know yeah. I think he brings so much to the game like these guys are real characters and real good people for the game to bring these yeah. boomers back who are historic figures in Australian basketball it's a huge deal Agreed. 
And people, yeah, so like in the most successful seasons of the NBL was NBL 19 was huge because you had, well, NBL 18, 19, it rode a wave of momentum because you had a guy that could get in the mass media in Andrew Bogut, right? And then I felt like the league fell off last year because they're really, I I mean, Jock Landell's a great basketball player, but he's not the household name that these guys are who come back from NBA championship winning careers, right? So that it kind of fell off in the, in the public in the public space in the public mindset um and i think delhi coming back this year brings the sport back into that as you say that gets on sports center exactly exactly and and i and i think you can't underestimate i put up a tweet you can't underestimate his leadership if someone you know i have a mate who said to me you know what happens on the field is not leadership someone was saying to me once and i i would say to him watch that tape watch the tape of that game because that is that was pure leadership on the court like we've never seen it. And and I was really critical of United last week. I did call it the walkover, of course. And I'm eating a little bit of humble pie because and I think really it's on the back of Delhi yeah. and his performances and how they could piece him together with Chris Goulding when he comes back. And I'm not saying that they're a contender, but I'm much more confident about them certainly being able to really contest the four now than I was last week, which sounds stupid and sounds like a rapid reaction, really from last week. And I, I feel a bit of, I feel like I'm a bit of an idiot for what I said last week. Okay, now that's fair. I, I'm the Melbourne United thing. My position with Melbourne United is that they're just they're a few pieces away. That's been my position yeah. since the preseason. They're very lucky that they got a big budget and they got a couple of import spots to play with. Uh, and yep. so, uh, you know, I think they're in the ball game, but it just depends when you pull the trigger on that. Because this year, yeah. there's there's greater parity in the competition, which I think is also creating the interest, right? You, you have Brisbane go in there. La- we'll, we'll talk about Brisbane and Perth. I will minute. talk about Lamar. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. So, like, Brisbane go in last night, beat Perth in Perth, yep. right? And they're all like, yep. Blanchfield's back. They're not going to win. And it's like, well, they got Lamar Sobe and... And Franks, right? They're, they're always a yeah. chance. Like, you've got all these teams. Apart from Cairns and Tasmania, anyone can beat you on a given night. And New Zealand, I get, are really struggling at the moment. But I don't think that's a long-term yeah. position just because they're so hit by injuries. And the more players they get back and the more time they get together, the better they're going to get, right? I don't... Yeah. Their roster is still filled with talent, unlike Cairns and, and Tasmania. Yeah, oh, look, I know it's not on our little rundown that we have to prepare this week, yeah. but I do also have massive concerns about Adelaide. Yeah, but let's... Like, yeah. But let, we'll, we'll, we'll digest we'll park that, that. What, what, So Melbourne, I think Melbourne, we're both in the agreement, This they're a tough out. And I, I actually think they'll yeah. beat Sydney this week. I just think they're going to get some calls at home and it'll be yeah. tough. Sydney provided dealing Chris with injury plays. problems, provided, provided Chris provided. plays, but we like that game. You can't pick until the uh, they're saying Chris is playing. They're saying Chris is in. I think Jack White has also been mentioned as being in. Um, yep. But Melbourne are a couple of pieces away. I think yes, they just showed what the lack of a real big sort of does to you. It's it's a big yeah. problem. They haven't got a prototypical five. Joe's more of an off the bench energy guy, or even a large four. He's not a five. Um, he just doesn't have the physical aspects to be at the physical strength really to be able to get that done. And we saw that with Joe Chi. Yes, I tweeted that before the game. I just didn't think that was a matchup yeah. that boded well. Uh, that bode well, but they should have. That like, but then again, 
they're like a phone call away from an import big. And then imagine yeah. they get an import wing as well. Then you're looking at Delhi, Golding, Jack White, etc., yeah. surrounded by those guys. And you go, well, this is a legit team again. So yeah. it, it's so hard to predict with Melbourne because you just don't know. They're big budget and they've got options available to them. So you can't, you can't rule them out at any stage. Southeast Melbourne, what's your, what's your point of view? Uh, Southeast Melbourne, I think, are good. Um, how good is the question? I think we had, we had the conversation last week about whose team is it after the month was spectacular in opening round. And as you say, you got Delhi, basically. Yeah, and um, Illid. And Illid, yeah. And, and I think, I think that to a certain extent, if I was saying the positive about the Phoenix, I would say, well, yeah, but other other guys have stepped up, and I still think they're a little deeper than previous years. Yeah, for me, they're, they're uh, it's really hard. I'm not. I can't definitively say anyone is a title contender, except maybe Perth. And I'm only saying Perth because uh, and Illawarra potentially. But I, I'm more confident in Perth, even though I ultimately picked Illawarra because with Perth, you know, they've been there, they've done it before, and they've got cotton. With the Phoenix, I can see a path there, but it's still a bit shaky on the style for me. I, I'm not, I'm not in love with it. I, I, I never will be in love with the with the way they play. Um, and at the, you know, like I, I thought, I was really disappointed in them on the weekend. To be honest, like I thought they should have won that by twenty. Yeah. Like they got out to the lead. It was a weakened United. This was a chance to get one up over your crosstown rivals. And whilst it was a great theatre and spectacle, I reckon they would be disappointed with that performance, personally. And that's why I think Mitch Creek reflected on it in the post-game by saying, no, we want to we get them at full strength and beat them. Because I walked away from that thinking, God, if Chris Goulding plays, it's a totally different ball game and result. Which I, I think Phoenix are better than that. But until they prove to me that they are better than that, I can't realistically say that they are. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's fair. I think that back that is on the back of the New Zealand performance as well on Friday night. I thought yeah. that I thought that yeah. was pretty abysmal from the uh, yeah. from Southeast Melbourne. To be honest, uh, Liar, it was really Creek and Liarfa that saved them in that game. Uh, yeah. In on obviously Creek, like I think Creek had like six threes or something like that. And like, don't get me wrong, Mitch has improved the three ball. I'm not sure you're going to get him shooting at that sort of clip again. And it took that sort of effort. To beat an undermanned New yeah. Zealand team without three starters, yeah. I so, agree. like, agree. if that's the case, then you're going, well, geez, like it wasn't that great a performance. I didn't think. Uh, yeah, the well, Phoenix- the nature of having hot and cold guys with the Phoenix though is that they 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 can go cold. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of you know like the Cam Glidden, who I feel like every year we discuss Cam Glidden. It's the same conversation, Carl. You know, yeah, he's a renowned shooter, but when? How often is he going to do well, it? He's for not him? playing and at the moment, bro. Like it's more Brockoff that's the discussion there because Glidden's oh, not well, playing. But, that, but that's what I mean, though. Like you can throw yeah. in, like, you, what I mean is you throw Cam Glidden back into that team, mm. whether it's Brockoff or whoever. You know, and and, and they, I'm picking up on your Creek point there. You know, like they can be hot and they can be cold. I mean, Mitch is definitely the most consistent of all of them. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, like, I don't have the level of trust that I do with, 
you know, say, I mean, Bryce Cotton's the benchmark and Perth is the benchmark with than I do with Perth and Bryce Cotton. You know, so that that's where I sort of fall down there. And I think building into that, it's where the game plan doesn't assist. Mm. You know, like, and, and I, I don't know about you, but it's very high octane and great when it's going. But when it's not going, it's basically really easy to beat. Yeah, and I, that's the yeah. frustration. No, I agree. I, like, my thing about the Phoenix is, like, for them to be a contender, I think Mumford has to be the guy. Because uh, you pointed yeah. this out last week that I'm not – like, Mitch Creek is a great player, but I don't think – I don't think you win titles from the four spot. No, you don't. Right? No. Like, so you need a ball-dominant guard who can take over games. And we've seen that with recent yeah. – title winners right so if you look Perth Wildcats obviously with Bryce Cotton Melbourne United Casper Ware like you you have these teams that have won titles and it's been based on the back of having a guy that you can throw the ball to in the clutch and can go get your bucket either from outside the three or at the rim and I I'm not sure you can win with a four there's a reason why Adelaide everyone always goes oh yeah like you know the Daniel there's a reason why Nick K wasn't 1A at at Perth. There's a reason why, yeah. you know, like you look at Daniel Johnson and why Adelaide just haven't been able to make that leap to being Correct. the ultimate success. Because I, I just don't, I think you need a one that can be the man, right? And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure, is Mumford that? Is he not that? I don't know. He, he could yeah. have just, I mean, he got the early treatment and that's fine. Uh, yeah. that, he got the Illy and Delhi treatment. That's cool. Does he bounce back from that? Does he change that? I don't know. Like this is why I agree with you. This is why I pick Perth in the preseason because at least I go. I know yeah. what a, it's. It's a no. lot of knowns. I am. I know. It's such, it's such a boring take, but it's such an accurate one. You know, that's the frustration really for me. And I, I don't mean to sort of like interject and and turn this on a, on its head in a tangential point. But you made the point to me last night after the Breakers game when we were discussing James Duncan's coaching, how he's identified that Lamar Patterson has to be in that position, right? Yeah. And, and and look what happens. He takes over, he hits the big three, they win on the road in a in a in an odds on game, you know? Like mm. it's it's just to me that's what the NBL is. it's 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 about having your strongest guy in the guard position and I agree with you can't win you don't win from the four no and we've seen that man like you know like we like the southeast melbourne game like we attended for example like we saw like creek tried to do it down the stretch and it's a lot it, yeah. like you know turn the ball over because the double came right and it's like yeah, yeah and they go oh, I wasn't a great decision should have shot the thing is it's so hard to because it's so it's Doubling on the perimeter is a lot more difficult to get schematically on the rotations afterwards than doubling on the post, right? So if you're yeah. inside, if you're in paint, like if you're backing someone down or whatever, it's making it far more difficult than if you can score from the perimeter in that scenario in, in clutch moments. So, I, I mean, yeah. it's that's why you saw last night and, and maybe, maybe Mitch is making that adjustment with his three ball, right? Like you saw last night, I yeah. know Perth didn't win, but Vic Law hit some big shots down in the clutch as yeah. well as Lamar. And these guys are inside-outside guys, right? So yeah. maybe it can yeah. be done, but I think it needs some more versatility in the game or alternatively, can Mumford be that guy? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, 
I feel like the Phoenix are going around with a chip on their shoulder, like they're very much the chip on a shoulder, like they'd, they'd revel in this conversation, right? And I know they'll yeah. revel in this conversation from us because they go back and find my tweets from a month ago, the players, and start talking <laughs> about them, right? Like it's rent-free, right? They, they try and create the, – and that's cool. Do yeah. it. They try yeah. and create yeah. this us versus them mentality you can sort of yeah. see what they're trying to achieve and then whether that's talking you know, like talk trying to talk to me about a tweet from a month ago or having a crack at Pete, you know whatever right they just like it's us versus them um yeah but i think they've got to kind of i just on the us and them i love it and i hate it depending on the day yeah you know i feel like that's the funny thing about it like i agree to carve out an identity in melbourne town where you've got melbourne united like, I feel like that's the easy playbook for the Phoenix. Yeah. We are the anti-United. We're the bad dudes. You know, we dunk on Delhi and look at how great we are. That sort of... Like, I understand playing to that narrative totally. And I, I enjoy it sometimes, but sometimes the carry-on's a bit much for me. I'm going to so, talk... Can I talk about the carry-on quickly? There's one thing I'm yeah. sick of the Phoenix talking about and the me- and the yeah. media talking about and them talking about in interviews is about how they constantly reference watching game three of last year's semi-final series. Like, that was some sort of robbery or it was some sort of, like, oh, yeah, we really stuffed it up. You lost by double figures. It wasn't close. I had... Uh, yeah. Seb, you know, bro, I had an inordinate amount of money on Melbourne United to win the title last year. They were down by 17, and was I even sweating, man? No, because you knew they were going to lose. Melbourne United are a far better team. They lost by double figures. They need to stop yeah. with this, oh, we've watched that tape over and over again, and it still fuels us. Well... You yeah. lost. You got beaten. It wasn't as though it was a hard luck story like, you know, the Spurs did this went with, again with you know, Miami Heat, then they came back and won the title the next year, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, the yeah. Spurs got hosed in, like, game yeah. six, right? And they barely yeah. lost both games. Phoenix weren't even close to winning that game. Yeah. And yet they go yeah. like, oh, we're this, you know, we're that close. You weren't close at all. I think he's just they're just trying to convey that, obviously – that performance was not what they're about. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm taking a positive spin for them here and saying that performance is not what they're about. It hurts them, it burns them, and they're looking for redemption. And you know what? So they bloody well should be, because why else would we be playing? No, correct. Again, I'm not bagging them. I'm just, as yeah. I said before, I'm all for the us against them thing. Like if they they want to create that psyche, that mentality within the locker room to motivate them. Go right ahead. But that's sort of yeah. at odds with that because it's like, oh yeah, we we stuffed up, blah blah blah. You know, you're still harping on that shit. You can't be. Move on. And it's like yeah. Dane Dane now during the week they sent Dane out to send the messaging that we're better than United now right and I'm yeah. all for that that's cool but yeah. I'm not sure you need to reference United it just has this inferiority complex talking about United all the time yeah yeah it just no, feels like it's a chip on the shoulder inferiority complex with them and you know what if you want to you know be be the man act like the man you know like act like the big dog in town yeah, and that's why I don't I have agree. a problem with what Creek did either. But then, yeah. on the same hand, I don't have a problem with what Peatling did. It's all good. Yeah, just yeah. fight for it and see what happens. But yeah, uh, enough about the two Melbourne teams. I, I think we covered yeah. them enough. I've I, again, like my position with Southeast Melbourne, much like you, is I, I have them in the four. I'm not sure they can win. I'm not ruling them out from winning, but I'm not putting them as a categorical content, like a title contender yet either. Um, no. So we'll 
So where do we go from there? Do we go to the jungle last night? Oh, well, I, I loved that game. That game was was just a pure NBL game, and it reminded me of the Cannes series as well a couple mm. of years back where it was just scintillating. Um, oh, look, what can you say? Brisbane are going to get done by Perth this weekend. But they don't, that doesn't matter because they rolled in and got the win that they needed. They needed one of them. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, I, 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 I oscillate between thinking I totally overhyped this sports team or this organization and thinking, no, 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 I'm justified. And yeah. last night was justification. And I tell you what, Lamar Patterson, uh, we've said it for years, Carl. You know, I don't understand why he's not heralded in the NBL and NBL media as an absolute champion of the game because he is. He's a superstar of the league. I know he had a bad season last year in inverted comment. Yeah, right. still he, averaged like 15 and 5 or something, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, he was he was solid enough. And, and realistically, I, I like the move there. And we had the conversation last week, Carl, about what do, we, what do they do about the Sobe could eat, a point guard spot, etc., and if the movies give the ball to, to Lamar, I'm all in on it. I'm all in on it. And look, the one critical thing I will say about it is I thought it was really noticeable down the stretch when Sobe had possessions and tried to win it versus when Lamar did. Mm. And, and that's, that's the balancing act, you know, for the coaching staff in Brisbane for me is managing that situation. How do you rely on Lamar but also keep pumping Sobe's tyres up so you're getting 20 to 25 a night out of him as well. So he's not necessarily taking the big shots at the end of the game. Is that fair or am I being harsh? I think that's fair. I'm going to address a few. I'm going to compartmentalise what you said, you know, your yeah. breakdown there. I'll start at the yeah. top when you talk about the Lamar Patterson. You don't understand the, why this guy isn't yeah. pushed as a superstar, etc. I think yeah. there's always got to be... There's always kind of got to be a, a villain or a narrative that they they need a scapegoat sort of thing. Someone to oh yeah, who's yeah. a guy that we can kick, right? And Lamar Patterson is that guy because it seems to me like he's just a quiet dude who just goes about his business and doesn't really talk. He doesn't talk to the media much, right? So he's a guy that they can kick without much of a response, right? And it feels like he's the new scapegoat. Like Casper Ware was that guy previously. Yeah. Right, Casper Ware was, why isn't Casper this? Why isn't Casper that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, championship point guard, best player on the iconic franchise. Argue, like people say Perth is the iconic franchise. But, you know, like the one of the in Melbourne, right? Yeah. But he was the constant yeah. one because he went to Sydney, kick, kick, kick. Lamar Patterson doesn't talk to the media, kick, kick, kick. Right? Like, it, it's a standard. That's the way it ro- rolls. You know, Lamar's, uh, we both support Lamar. We both think he's, you know, I, I think he's a top five player in the NBL. Uh, and he proved it again last night. To be honest, he kind of makes everyone look like fools on a consistent basis. And, like, even before last season, bro, they were still going at him. So it's not like, you know, it's not like it's new. So that, you know, that's, it is what it is. That's, that's what he, that's how he's, perceived now in the space that's that's the way they're going to roll so you're going to got to put that and again maybe you use the phoenix tactic of you know what they disrespect him they disrespect us as yeah. a team right uh another key point i want to make about the bullets is i think james duncan is is a fantastic person to have in that role i think they nailed that appointment um yeah. not only from james just doesn't like even from a non-tactical 
perspective. I, yeah. I thought I, I had some questions about James's rotations early in that game against Tasmania, but I'm like, he could see things in the game. Like he got Sobi out of the point, started running Lamar through it. Then they got better against Tasmania. And then, and like, put that Tasmania one in the bin, right? New franchises don't lose on opening night. Like they just don't yeah. lose. Right, the, how the Phoenix yeah. beat United, said they're going to get the calls. Things are going to happen. You can be the best team in the NBL, and you're going to lose that game, right? So yeah. you, you can bin last week. Forget about it, yeah. right? Um, I thought they were fantastic against Perth. I thought James Duncan. He going back to the James Duncan thing. Like it's not just even about the strategic aspects of it. James Duncan's a leader of men. You can tell, man. Yeah, I agree. He's yeah. he's just so he has this aura about him. This aura of cool. He, yeah. the way he's able to articulate things to his players and then also to the media is yeah. on point as well. He's just, he's a pro's pro. And I think yeah. the league is lucky to have guys like him coaching in it. And I'm really right. pleased that he got that job because I, you know, highest, highest praise for him. My thing about the yeah. Bullets is they had the great big three in yeah. Patterson, Sobey, and Franks. Brisbane's season goes as far as Tyrell Harrison's development goes. Yeah. yeah. He's key. He was huge last night. Well, you have like four, 13 and 10, or 10 and 13, or 10 and 14. Like, if he does that, I, I'm not even asking for that, but if he can get them 10, he can get them 8 to 10 points a game and 10 boards, the whole yeah. trajectory of this team changes. Right, and what I like about Harrison is relative to other, some of these other bigs, he doesn't try and do too much. He knows his job is to set picks, rebound, run end to end. Right, and it made me laugh. Well, I'll reference Trigger. Right, how Trigger talked about Zimmerman and Zimmerman complaining about not getting shots on Saturday night against Tasmania, and Trigg goes, you know what, you're telling the big fella, run end-to-end and get offensive rebounds. That's your job. That's how you're going to get shots. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and that's what it is, and Harrison understands that, right? And I, well, I think he's, uh, you know, I think, you know, hopefully he continues to improve and improve. He's still such a young man. You feel like he's been around forever, right? But it's because yeah. he's been in the system for so long as a kid. So, uh, you know, he's he's the key for them as well as guys like Drumick and Kadee, et cetera, being able to hit big shots in big moments. But, yeah, yeah I was I impressed. Last night I was super oh. impressed because, you know, most you, know, you generally fold like a, you know, like a lawn chair in, uh, in Perth in those situations in overtime and double yeah. OT. The Seb rule, home teams don't lose in overtime, right, especially in Perth. They... It takes something special to do that, and I thought it showed real heart from the Bullets last night. Oh, that's all I did. And I'm with you. I'm with you on James James Duncan there because, you know, I guess that's what I was getting at with the Sobe thing. Like, I, I think it requires some really careful man management. Yeah, 100%. And I think he's up to the job. You know, I think he's up to the job. And and uh, doing that. Because... Sobe is a very, very, very good player. There's no doubt about it. I hope no one mistakes me for, for mm. thinking I don't think he is. But I do think that it was quite noticeable. And it might it's a one-off game, right? Like, Sobe's had some big shots in the past, don't get me wrong. But I do think that that chasm is going to be there where, you know, Lamar is going to be the guy that's going to put them on his back and actually... And, and they're going to win games on, on his back. Yeah. Um, but you still need so because this is the issue. 
they do have the big three and they need to all fire. But you mm-hmm. still need Sobey to have his 20, right? Yeah. And I thought Franks was really, really good. Um, he got a bit lucky with his three, but what a three it was. And, um, you know, he's, I think they're going to develop. There's a bit of, there's, there's, uh, there's still some cohesion to work through there, or they're a relatively consistent roster. So I, I liked what I saw, and I'm not going to say the ceiling for me increased, because I don't think it did really, but it was more like I felt a bit more confident that they're going to have a good season. If that makes sense. You know, like they're going to achieve what we think they can achieve. It might not necessarily be their ceiling. I don't think that they're a title contender, but they're certainly going to be damn hard to beat and they're contesting for the four, no problem. I agree. This team's a tough out for anyone. Like, we talk about teams that are able to beat you. They they have option 1A and 1B. And the Bullets yep. have that. Like, they have two guys who can legitimately beat you in Patterson and Sobey, right? And yep. how you manage that between the two and find equitable shot counts between the two of them, and that'll change game to game and what's working for you and what's not. And it's the same in Perth. Wait, we'll t- I'll also talk yep. about the Wildcats here. The Wildcats are a definity. Like, I know I can trust the Wildcats because I've got yep. Bryce Cotton in 1A, and then I've got an alternative scorer in 1B. They didn't have that yep. last year, Seb. They, that's why they nah. were never a contender last year. I know, yep. you know, people go, oh, you can't say... They weren't a contender. Melbourne United were always winning last year because they had a mul- they had Golding they had, and they had Jock yep. Landell, right? And then McCarran yep. played that third, third, like, you know, the jack-of-all-trades role exceptionally well as well, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But Brisbane at least... Brisbane can give you fits any night. Just simply oh, on the yeah. fact that you've got one A and one B, and Perth have that with Law as well, and that's what Melbourne United are missing right now because Delhi can be that guy, like Delhi can be the McCarran, but better, right? But they yeah. need someone to pair with Goulding that they can just go, you're our guy, go go get it, and that's why I question yeah. some of these other teams. If uh, that's what I just think, if Mumford can be that, then Southeast Melbourne hit that category as well. So yeah. that's kind of what it's about. I, I, I'm super impressed by Brisbane. I, I have been since the preseason, to be honest. Like, Franks' yeah. numbers coming in look great. Uh, and you just need like, – and it's good to see an import that, you know, his full-blown effort guy crashes every – it's not just about the points and the boards. He crashes boards every possession, just goes yeah. hard, plays good D. I, I like him a lot. And it's yeah. just going to be about the surrounding role players for Brisbane because it looked a bit dicey yeah. in the first when they took the starters out and it started looking at years ago. Oh my god! Like, but if those yeah. guys can hold the fort um, for yeah, those it's minutes, a bit like, it's a, it's, this is going to be cruel, and I don't mean it to be, but it's a bit like when Tan had the big three themselves, right? Yeah. It's, it's very um, reminiscent of that. Although I think the pieces are obviously quite a bit better around them than what was in Can. Uh, in Brisbane there. So, but I, I agree. I agree. Um, and on, on Perth, look, they're not going to lose any fans on that performance. I mean, at the end of the day, it's double OT. Yep. You lose in double OT, it's just a bit of bad luck, really. I don't think it's much more than that. Perth have um, nothing to worry about. No, no, absolutely not. The thing about so, Perth is people are either, it's like the two extremes, right? Like where the answer yeah. lies in the grey. Right, Perth yeah. aren't perfect. They're not the greatest team of all time. It's not. They're not. Yeah. You know, they're not unbeatable. Right, 
But at the yeah. same time, they're not struggling, and they're not and they're not going to miss the four. They're going to make the four, right. and they're going to be a title contender. They're going to be there with a bunch with you know with the Sydney Kings, with the Illawarra Hawks, etc. They're all going to be there, right? And yeah. you and I, I'd back in that situation, Bryce Cotton and Vic Law. Does it mean they can't yeah. lose? No. And also Perth are missing guys at the moment. They're Mitch, we know they're missing. Correct. Mitch Norton's a huge loss for them. Uh, and yeah. just again, like not just because of point, not because of what you see on the stat sheet, but he's also another good leader, right? We both know that. Yeah. Like Mitch Norton's yeah. a good guy to have in your locker room, and he's a guy you want to go with a wall with on the court. And Perth yep. have that guy that Perth have that second guy this year. Vic Law can take a game over. John Mooney couldn't. We saw that in the finals. He couldn't do it. So I, I think yeah. that Perth Perth fans don't even stress. Like all the no, stuff. No, if, if anyone's exactly. if anyone's talking them down this week and saying this and that, it's no, overreactionary no. trying to drive clicks, right? And I saw I with, agree. I agree. I saw with the book like we'll talk about the bookies at the end with title odds right after we discussed yeah. everyone but there's yeah. there's a bit of i think there's a bit of reactionary approach to that but yeah we'll move on uh just quickly on perth just quickly oh, people are going to hate this take but i don't really care i do think Damien martin adds a lot to the broadcast not because i like what he says but because it kind of makes me feel like i'm in enemy territory you know <laughs> like <laughs> It, like, it, it gives me a sense of being at the jungle. You Correct. know, like, I feel like I'm part of the Perth bandwagon or I can see it, I can feel it, you know. And and I know that he doesn't add a heat to the co- coverage, but I, I think that element's really important. And it's really important when you're trying to, you're trying to establish culture in the NBL and culture among fans yes. in the NBL. So you know... Hey, this is the jungle, and this is what it means to play in Perth. You know, I, I think that's really good, and that's really important. And I think one thing I would say—I know it's still difficult with COVID, and you can't fly around. We got the hub, and it's a bit of a cost saver. But I do think it would be good for the NBL to to keep commentary teams consistent with venues, so you do you do establish that kind of rapport and and feeling for the venue, kind yeah. of like being there. You know, I, that was just something I. I thought was really um, noticeable in the coverage. No, I 100% on board with this. People say we're agreeing too much this week, Seb, but I I love yeah. that. Uh, I think this is once, like once the, I'm not going to say once COVID is over because it's not going to be over for a long time, right? But like yeah. once things become more manageable, borders open and then there's greater freedom of movement and these sorts of things, I think you have to start, con- like the NBL's grow. like I think yesterday was huge for the NBL. Right, I, I thought it, I told you. I think the NBL is going to go off from here. I think this is a launching pad. What happened yesterday, yeah. and and the league owes Melbourne United, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, Illawarra Hawks, and the Sydney Kings for that, right? Like because yeah. over the last couple of days, because they've just created a storm, and then the game in the jungle last night, while not as controversial, drew in the quality of basketball. It was just a beautiful yeah. game to watch, right? Great. Uh, yeah. So. And the big thing about that is I think you need – once you start growing, I think you do need to create a feeling, like a culture amongst the different and, – and we always got that, right? Like for as much as we used to give Lockie Reed a hard time going, Wildcats, yeah, right? Like, Let's go, Wildcats, right? But that's that was part of the feel. You were on the ground in the jungle. Correct. 
right? Yeah. And like, oh, how good would it be now to have Lockie Reed with Damian Martin and Sean Redditch, right? And people could put up with the Perth bias commentary, right? Because you know what it is. Right, you know Correct. that's coming for you, and the same. You go yeah. up to Cairns and go, oh, "Okay, there's Maddie Russell and Trigger on the call tonight." Yeah, yeah, you know, and it has that feel about it, right? And Correct. it lacks. And like in Adelaide, you go, John Casey is on the call with Brett Ma, you know, and everyone you get characters associated with yeah. locations. And I'm going to give the NBL huge praise. I thought the commentary team yesterday was unbelievable. They picked the right guys for the big games, if that makes sense. Like it, the seminal moment of the throwdown yesterday, um, like to have Gaze and Copeland, who have been a part of Melbourne, like they've been gods of Melbourne basketball for like yeah. the last 30 years, right? More than, yeah. right? So yeah. like to have those guys on the call for that moment, I thought was huge. Yeah. And it, and it drew fans in, and I tweeted about it. Tweet went ballistic because it it felt like that. You, you talked about like culture that felt like Melbourne basketball yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Sameness will be the death of any sporting organisation. Correct. Hundred percent. Right? You, you need identities and cultures and all that stuff, and I think it adds something. And people who criticise Damo, boring commentary or whatever. Um, I think they should take that perspective away from it. Oh, yeah, and they've got to move. They've also, you've got to culturally have ties between the teams and bringing them in, the personalities in. And like we said yeah. this in the offseason a couple of years ago, we were like, Damien Martin's going to be a guy that you transition in. Chris Golding's yeah. going to be a guy that you transition in. I mean, it would be great, like, Bogut's gone into ownership now, but he was another one that, like, you'd love on the call, right? And yeah. they're, like, you need to transition these NBL icons through in that regard to establish a connection between what happens in the media and what happens on the court. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah I just thought yesterday they, they the NBL nailed it. Like, they nailed it Great. yesterday. And the media as well, getting getting it in News Corp, I think, is huge, right? I get people complaining that it's only available really on ESPN except for a couple of games on Sunday, etc. But yeah. you know what? Like, if you drive... Like, someone opens up the paper and sees two pages filled with NBL, they might be like, oh, well, you know, like, I might take a look at this now. I might take my kid to the game now. This is pretty exciting. Yeah. Or that they, they yeah. go, you know what, like, you know, that subscription service isn't that expensive. I wouldn't mind at least trialing it for a month or whatever, you know, like that yeah. sort of thing. Right, where they get yep. engaged with the sport, and I think that's a big, I think that's a big deal, and uh, you know, it's and it's readily there, so I, I think it's great. Uh, you know, I I have no no issues that you know I I thought it was perfectly done on the weekend, and I thought I thought Liam and Peter Hawley did a did a good job on Perth and uh, Perth and uh, Brisbane as well. No problems, yeah, I know. Great. Yeah, so. I, I thought it was masterfully done yesterday. I thought they did a great job. I just thought, you know, like we, we come with criticism at times we, we, and we come with praise at times. And, and yesterday, that, I just thought they nailed it. But uh, we'll move on to – what did you – like we'll go to the other one, what, the Freeway series uh, or Spygate, as, you know, as we dubbed it during the week. What, what did – could you take anything – like a lot of people the, – the general consensus was you couldn't take anything away from that game. Was that your feeling? I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, I, I, 
you're going to be critical of me uh, off air, Carl. We've been having chats saying that I, I'm not, I, I'm a bit low on the Sydney Kings. Yeah. And, and my defence is, I'm not low on them. I think they're a good team and I think they'll, they'll probably, they'll get there. They'll get there as the season goes on. But right now, whether it's injury, form, chemistry, transitioning, they, they don't look right. And that's why I picked the Hawks last week to win. And, I, and look, in fairness, how can you win without three guys in the starting five? I get that, right? It wasn't a huge take. But that being said, they opened as favourites and it was even money for most of the week. So there, there were people who thought that that was a 50 Well, Jalen Adams and, was taken out a day before the game and, and Hunter was taken out during warm-ups. Yeah. So that explains. Yeah. I think Illawarra moved into about a buck sixty once the injuries hit. Yeah, and but even a dollar sixty, still high. It yeah. was pretty. It was pretty good value, yeah. you know. So I, I think the respect is there for the Kings. Don't get don't get me wrong, but I, I'm a bit reticent on them just at the moment. I'm not saying that they won't get there. Mm. I'm. I just. I want to see. I, I. I want. It's a bit like the Phoenix only. I'm more confident in Sydney getting there, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I still need to see it. You know, so I'm not all in on them yet because I haven't seen it. Yep. No, and that's totally fair. I, I'm more of an on-paper guy than what yeah. you are. You know, like I kind of go, oh, yeah, that fits, that works, this looks good. I have some issues with Sydney that I expressed in week one that you probably were I was more critical probably of them in week one than what yeah. you were where I said the rotations yeah. are off you can't be playing all these guys it's you know you've got to have set rotations in you've got to win games and you've got to win them well and uh, I'm less critical of them this week than what you are I I walked away from that game with more positive vibes about the Kings than what I did about the Hawks weirdly yeah uh, I don't think the yeah. Hawks. I don't think the Kings should have even been in that game, missing three starters. To be yeah. honest, like if Illawarra yeah. Hawks are the, you know, like the, I think they're now being installed as championship favourites by the bookmakers. Based on that, mate, I think you know why that is though. That's because we smashed it last week on uh, picking the lines, and I, I was talking the Hawkies' chance. That's it. The it's, it's the so green way. We're going to scrape the best in Greenway data, mate. That's, That's it's the be, yeah, it's the Greenway, it's the Greenway movement in the line. That's but no, that but I I walked away from Illawarra and I get like Harvey didn't play particularly well. I didn't think Jessup hit some shots. I thought he was. Go- I thought Antonius Cleveland was spectacular. Very good. Uh, yeah, very good. The Duop won the game. Right, and yep. I think that's an alarming point for the Sydney Kings because Jarrell Martin, I think Jarrell Martin should have come up better in that scenario, right? That's that's the one takeaway for me. I think he'll address that next time. Jarrell Martin's also another spectacular player, right? But yep. that, was, that was the takeaway from the Kings for me would be like that shouldn't have happened. Uh, it yep. should have been other guys beating them. Well, the, the sort of lesser lights took care of business with with like Harvey's the guy there, right? Harvey's the guy for Illawarra, and they took care of business in that spot. You know, with Bruce and yeah. Bawali Bales, etc. They did a good job on him. It was disappointing yeah. to see one of the you know the stars not taking care of their business. Uh, yeah. But I walked away from that game, like again. But it's not me. I'm not negative on Illawarra as a result of that game. It's just a tough, oh. hard. It was a tough, hard tussle and. Yeah. Both teams yeah. went at it, and like I didn't expect Sydney to win, and I was shocked that Sydney were only down a point with what, like a minute thirty to go. 
I was yeah. like, and then they yeah. turned the ball over three straight possessions. It just wasn't. But yeah. again, that kind of sums it up again. Like we talk about, you have to have a guy to go to in those moments. And the True. Kings with Jalen with uh, Jalen Adams out at the moment and RJ Hunter out at the moment. They haven't got like we love Sean Bruce. I think is one of the best backup, if not the best backup point guard in the league, right? But you know, yeah. you need a guy that you know the coach is going to throw the ball to in that situation. Right, that isn't a yeah. big, that isn't. A, you know, they got Xavier Cooks and Jarrell Martin, etc., making moves. That I, I don't want to be going inside at that point. You can, they can be the finishers on the play, but you need the guard to create the play, right? And yeah. uh, I just thought, you know what, you know, they didn't have Jalen Adams to take over in that situation. While the week before, it seemed like whenever there was trouble, Jalen Adams stepped up. So, yeah, and I think as well, I think psychologically, this and this is not. This is going to sound like an indictment of the Hawks. I'm just going to reiterate that they are my final pick before I say it. But I think psychologically, it can be a bit of a challenge when the other side becomes decimated by injury mm. and you think you've got the chocolates before the ball's even thrown out. You know, like, yeah. I, I, know that's, I know that sounds stupid, but it's kind of the explanation I gave to Phoenix as well, I think, in my own mind. I didn't... I didn't articulate it just before when we were going through that game, but, you know, an element of me was like, did the Phoenix get 21 points up and then think, no Jack White, no Goulding, how easy is this, what a piss take? You know, like, I don't know. Like, it's very hard to know. And I'm not saying that that is a positive. I'm just trying to rationalise an explanation for a one-off result. But I think objectively, Carl, even you just admit there in relation to the Hawks, how did the Kings get so close? You know, why yeah. was it a game? I don't know. To, you know? to convert a phrase, right, you know, beware of the wounded King, right? Like it is, right. yeah. you know, you got to be careful these opponents. And I thought, you know, like that's what I said. I walked away from this game not, I wouldn't say disappointed in either team. I, I just thought they both kind of played the game they needed to play. You know, things happened yeah. at the end. But it's a bit like, you know, how you talked about the Phoenix game. You go, oh, Chris Golding plays, they probably win, right? He didn't. Cool, but you know, like you, you, you know, I know that's pure that's speculation. It. The game changes, but you can't help but feel that if Jalen Adams had a played, if RJ Hunter had a played, and uh, and even we'll see Vasiljevic in a couple of weeks, probably creating the most dangerous, you know, like point guard with wings combo you'll ever you'll see in the NBL this year. Uh, yeah. You know, like. But again, you can only play who's in front of you and yeah. Illawarra get the win. They can talk about that. It was a bit like the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix thing, though. I didn't like Illawarra going on Twitter talking about losers and scumbags and all that sort of stuff after the game. You're just showing, you're just showing they've gotten to you and yeah. that it matters to you, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I get it was a deeply emotional game for everyone involved, right? I understand there's bad blood there. And I understand the bad blood from both sides, right? I understand Kings fans having bad blood because, you know, the Illawarra Hawks brass, you know, they're previously from the Kings. Obviously, you know, in 2008, didn't leave the Kings in a good state, right? Be blind about it. Yeah. They didn't leave the Kings in a very good state. And then also, you know, the off-season comments, now Illawarra taking offence to that with the, you know, losers and scumbags comment and whatever. I, I can understand each side being emotional about it, and that's cool. But, like, just forget about it and move on. Like, there's a bit, like, you just got to... 
you, it's it again. It's the us versus them mentality. Maybe it is you know like this. You know Melbourne United and the Kings and, and the Wildcats are seen as the prestige clubs of the NBL, right? So I guess they they try and view themselves as this way. But I just feel like you you play you play to yourself and you you go you yeah. you know you like you don't worry about the external forces, man. You just worry about what's in your locker room. And I think. I think just to an extent, not to be, uh, we've been really positive, so I think on the NBL. So mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a little bit of a slap in here, and and that's and that's gonna be, I think, the nature of some of the infrastructure of the NBL, where it is heavily geared to, you know, United, Perth, Sydney, etc. It does create that unnecessarily when all clubs should be equal. Yeah. Well, we had we've had like, listeners like you know we've had listeners contacting us, and again, thanks everyone for your support. It's great to be back. You're the reason why we came back. All your messages kind of in the off season, you know. We this is what we you know we felt like you know people really appreciated what we did, and we're, we're willing to put in the time for that, right? But yeah. like the amount of messages we got from Bullets fans last week, Seb, after a loss, right? And they're like, yeah. "Thank you for talking about us." Yeah. Because no one else and has I the think, respect to even talk about us. Yeah, and I think that's the challenge for some of these teams to create cultures. You know, when when the messaging is kind of bereft. You know, like it's just it's a, it must be a real frustration. And, yeah. and 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 I think that it does create some of this stuff, which you know, the us and them and the like, mm. because. Realistically, like the Hawks in there are good enough in their own right this year to compete every night. You know, like they are good enough, yeah, and they should be talked about accordingly. And yep. Brisbane the same. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we don't have Adelaide on the run now, but Adelaide will give you tough games in Adelaide. I'm Correct. not sure about on the road. Yeah. I think. And there seems to be some weird kind of energy in the first couple of weeks in Adelaide where. They, they take a while to get going. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that's about exactly. Maybe they need to train a bit more um, up-tempo or something, Carl, to get, the, to get them into the game more quickly. Oh, I don't know what it is. I know that's an old trick from back in the, my footy days where if we had a flat week or two, we'd have a really hard week on the track, so we'd come out firing. Sort of. That was the intention. And it did work. But I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a bit lackluster, Adelaide. I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on them, but I, I don't know. Do we have time? Do we have time? It's for your you're the on you're the ti- you're the one on the road, mate. Oh, um, mate yeah. Well, look, go, give me your thoughts on Adelaide because I know that you were pretty high on their over under, and they've got the wins that they should yeah. have got, right? I get that. But what? Where? Where do they sit? Like, are they a ten win team? Cause that they kind of are a ten win team to me, but only if they can play, you know, the Jack Jumpers, the Tie Pans, etc. Quite a few times, you know. Like, yeah, you know, no, this is my this is why I had them in the over, right? Because they're in the good conference, yeah. and I feel like you're yeah. going to get the the disproportionality is going to be in your favour within conference. So if you if you're playing, you're probably going to get a conference team as your extra game, etc. Right, and provided it's yeah. not Perth, which they might do because that's a classic rivalry, the Cats and Adelaide. You know, it's beneficial to them. Uh, I have Adelaide very like I was very high on the eight and a half. I was like, yeah, that's that's yeah. going to cover. Does that mean yeah. I think they're a good team? Yeah, I I, th- I think they're better than last year, but I don't. They have 
formula issues, I think. Uh, Dusty Hannes has to be the guy week in, week out. Yeah. And like, yeah, he answered the bell this weekend, but he didn't answer the bell like uh, Lamar or even a so you know Sobi. He didn't, you know, he didn't go yeah. that extra level for me. Uh, we need to see more because they need a guy. But this is the thing about Adelaide, right? Their best player is a foreman. Does that yeah. win in the long term in close games? No, I don't think this team. Like, yeah, this is my issue with them, right? Like, yeah. is they got lots of nice players without like going. Oh yeah, that's an all NBL level stud. I mean, DJ yeah. has been right, but I, the the fit hasn't been perfect with DJ so far. DJ hasn't had the best performances. He's capable of more, obviously, but he's the only guy on that team that is all NBL capable, in my opinion. So that's why I just have limitations with what I expect out of Adelaide. Adelaide, like you, I think are probably somewhere between a 10 and 12 win team. They're a hard watch for me, at least to start. Uh, they, they were, they've been a, a pretty difficult watch. Um, and it, I think it summed it up for me that I actually enjoyed watching a really undermanned Breakers team, albeit one that lost and ran out of juice in the second half compared to watching Adelaide beat down on that. You know, like, mm. it was a bit... Like, and I think that's where we're at sort of thing with Adelaide. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm doing too harsh. Maybe they'll surprise and they'll get some wins together and string a couple that we don't... or pull a couple that we don't think they can win. But they're not a team that I circle and go, oh, yeah, they're in the game of the round this week. No. You know? No, that's... They're not an exciting watch. I agree with that. No. It's it's an uncomfortable watch. They get things done. They've gotten things done over the weekend. Like that that game against Tasmania, that was like the, the better the round, that one, right? And it's not because yeah. Adelaide were good. It's because Tasmania are bad, right? Like, let's be real yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I'm not sold. Like, but again, I never expect... Like, People expected this team to be top four, and I, I kind of think they're going to be about sixth or seventh. Like that's kind of where it's at. I don't think they're as good they're as the. They're better than Tasmania. They're better than Cairns. And if New Zealand can win games before they get players back, then yeah, they're, they're not as good as New Zealand. Correct. So that's where I see them. Yeah, I have the same viewpoint. Like I have them above yeah. New Zealand, but behind Brisbane. Yeah. So that's oh, kinda... they're definitely behind Brisbane. Yeah, because Brisbane have three guys. Brisbane have two guys that you can throw the ball to to win games, and they've got a good, like, guy on. You know, they've got a good third option. So that's they they're going to be tough. Can you imagine if Brisbane re-recruited Vic Law? By the way, my God, imagine he didn't flip at the last second. The budget must be blown out in Brisbane. Yeah, I I'm happy with. Like as I said, they've done well. They're a good team. They've done well. I don't yeah. want to talk about Adelaide too much because that game, I, that Adelaide New Zealand game, was a tough game to watch. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It was, it was kind a of really a, hard it was you a lull what? between the two. It was it, it, Sunday saved the NBL, and I think you're right though. It's a springboard for the NBL, but uh, the Jack Jumper games and the Adelaide games, and even the Cairns games if Machado's a serious out. Jeez, oh, it's going to be hard to watch, mate. Yeah. Let's talk about New Zealand now before we get into because then we'll we'll close out by talking about the Cairns and Jack Jumpers mess that was Saturday night. Um, but yeah. what did you think of New Zealand in that performance against Adelaide? Like, where are we at with them now? Owen three, uh, yeah, is season done? Uh well, it depends what you what you mean by that. Like, 
can like they're not a top four. They're not a top four contender for yeah. me. And I was having this conversation with a listener actually, mm. um, who was messaging us on 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 the DMs, and I just think like you know what, like I'm not going to smash the breakers really at all because their their circumstance and everyone goes on about their circumstances and it's because it's legitimate. Yeah. You know, like I'm not sure I'd be investing real like serious serious coin in your roster when you don't know if you're going to get home you don't know if you're going to be on the road you don't, like you know like why would you do it like commercially it doesn't make sense mm. and, and and look that's not to say that the players they've got are bad I think they're good and like once you know Abercrombie comes back um, Wetzel he's, he's, he's I think he's good Wetzel but we had this conversation I think last week Carl where we know what he is, and he's not, you know, Wetzel's not, he's not top, top, top line in my opinion, right? He's, he's um, just good. He's good. He's good. I think, like, the, 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 met, the model of bringing some young kids in that have NBA prospects and, and uh, you know, I, I like that because they're cheap and they're going to they're be entertaining to watch in their own right. But... The upshot is it's not going to it's not going to lead to a successful season for the Breakers. Now, the question then is, which this listener was very much on of the view, like does that mean that they're kind of irrelevant? And for me, no, right? Because I think you've got to look at it from a long term perspective and contextualise it a little bit. And so I'm not going to kick them for it. And look, Matt Walsh, he might message me and say, "Mate, you're totally wrong." You know, like we're really super confident, and once we get guys back, we're all on board, and we think we can we can make a late charge for the floor. And he could be right. You know, I, he could be right. There's, there's some talent there to do it. But my view on it is, it's going to the season. By the time they get their their players back and into the groove, the season's going to be done for them. Yeah, I I felt sorry for them on Friday night. I thought they were really. Like I, I thought they yeah. threw everything at Southeast Melbourne. I thought yep. I'm not gonna. I, I can't slam this team because how do you win again with? You know they were missing three starters on Friday night and they almost oh, no. beat the Phoenix, right? Like, oh, no. yeah. I know, and not almost that. You know, like they gave a real like they were in the game in the fourth against the Phoenix with yep. a talent depleted roster, right? Including their yep. two, they missed they missed their starting backcourt. For the whole weekend, like good luck, good luck. You know, good luck if say Perth had to go without Bryce Cotton and Norton. I'm not, and I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that the New Zealand guys are of the caliber of Bryce Cotton, but you know, like say you take as I said to you the other day, I go like take out like when I was referencing the Kings, I go take out Jessup and Harvey from Illawarra. Do they win that game on the yeah. weekend? No, right? Yeah. Like and Melbourne are fighting valiantly as. Like the two, t- like Melbourne are fighting valiantly without Chris as well, right? Yeah. And it's like I'm not the problem. The Breakers are always going to be tough, man. Because if the Breakers get their guys yeah. back, you know, if they do, I know, uh, I know, Seaver's out for four to six. But again, like if they can just get some semblance of consistency in their backcourt, Will McDowell White is playing well at the moment. I thought oh, he was spectacular in both games, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you can get some consistency in the backcourt with those guys, you bring back Thomas Abercrombie this weekend, you know, who provides yeah. a stable, good defensive body that a like helps them in that regard. And, and- 
scoring. Yeah, and they bring Jeremiah Martin back, who can be that focal scorer, that creator that you need to go yeah. with. You know, and you can go a bit more small ball with Will McDowell, White, Besson, and him. I thought the revelation yeah. the weekend that was good for those guards missing was the need to play Hugo Besson more. Um, yeah. I think he shredded the Phoenix man. Like, and he was, he was incredible. He's going to be a very, very good player. And no matter what Phoenix players say to me on Twitter in searching replies from weeks ago, <laughs> he shredded them in the on-ball, right, on Friday night. He yeah. killed them. And yeah. the thing is, Hugo's not, like he got some hits going at the rim. He didn't get calls. That's to be expected. He's a kid. He's new to the league. He doesn't have that, yeah. you know, he doesn't have that, you know, aura yet with the refs that they start bowing down. You know, he's not going to get those calls. It's, you know, it's tough. But the big problem for New Zealand is if you saw it in the fourth quarter the other night, is not, like, we both ignore, Wetzel's a good player. We're not saying he's an elite center in the league, but he's a good player, Right. But then it really falls off after that point and that roll, right? Because they can't downsize. Like, Brisbane can downsize, right, and go to Franks, for example, right? But they don't have a downsize option because Delaney's not tall enough to be a downsize center. Um, Finn Delaney's a great player, but he's even a little undersized for the four. Um, Yeah. A modern four, he fits, but a, you know he's not a big four. That he's not a four or five utility. He's a four, right? And yeah. so you can't downsize there. And then coming off the, they haven't got another big. So you got Rob Lowe, who hasn't been great to start to see. I'm a Rob Lowe fan, you know that. Like triggers given yeah. me shit for this in the past, but like yeah. Rob Lowe hasn't really been the same since the bubbles, since the COVID, like this COVID bubble stuff hit let's be honest, last season or this season. And they haven't really got another option apart from him to play big. So Yanni Wetzel yeah. goes out in the fourth quarter and he has to... I, I, wrote, I tweeted, like, where's Wetzel, right? I understand people go, oh, he's out, he's got four fouls, etc. I, I get that game was in the balance, but I also get that he's gassed. He's just had COVID, right? So I'm not going to yeah. expect that Yanni Wetzel can play 38, 36 or 38 minutes coming a week off of COVID, right? So... Yeah. But this is where the problem lays is they didn't really have enough like they just they didn't have another guy beyond Wetzel that can really fill that role and they haven't got that that hard interior that they yeah. they need. But this Brisbane team, as I said, if you get Jeremiah Martin, Hugo Basson and and uh, what's it, um, he, Jeremiah Martin, Hugo Basson, and then also you get Wetzel going, you get William McDowell White going as a backcourt, and then you add Abercrombie for some stability. That's a team that can close games for you, right? So when you yeah. get in a position of being up by what, what were they up by against Adelaide, like 18, 17, 18? I haven't got the stats in front of me, but something along those lines. You can manage a game then because you can put up points in the, on the board to keep things ticking over. Yesterday, they just couldn't. Yeah. So I yeah. I see some light again. Like, do I see them as a top four team? No, never have. Right, but you know what? Like, they're doing. A, I think they're doing a great job with what they've got. If that makes sense. Like, I think that you know, in terms of their sign, I get the. You know, I like the signings of the young players, for example, because as you said, it's cheap and it's entertaining, right? Yeah. And they're a show, which I like. Yeah. And they can beat you on any given night because Hugo Basson can give you 30. Yeah, oh, definitely. So, yeah. 
it's it's not all doom and gloom at the breakers. And people go, why are you shitting on Adelaide? And then saying, yeah. the thing about Adelaide is, like, this is Adelaide. Yeah, there's no comeback. Yeah, and like Adelaide, if Adelaide, again, again, we run this argument all the time. We said the same thing about the Kings, right? And you said the same thing about Goulding. If Jeremiah Martin and Abercrombie and Peyton Seaver play yesterday, New Zealand win. But they, they yeah. don't. So, but the problem <laughs> for New Zealand is that I, I've said it since the preseason, the big stocks are too thin. Yeah. Let's move no, to I this. Agree. Let's move to the Saturday night regional rumble. What do you want to call it? Oh, Tasmania's not regional. Um, some would argue <laughs> it is. Some won't. Uh, but... Yeah, I know it's a city, yeah, mate. You, Seb and Mona, you know, if you, if if uh, the NBL starts selling Jack jumpers and Mona double passes discounted, Seb will be the number one member, I think. <laughs> like, what can we say about them, really? I mean, they're a hard watch. They're a hard watch. No yeah. doubt about it. I, I think, like, I'm interested in this. I'll, I'll throw this phone at you and see what you say because I know that you're pretty critical about them. And you don't like watching them. But where do you sit? Like, if I was to run the argument with you, that what about from a purist perspective? I know it's not pretty, but do you have time for the really maniacal, pressured basketball where it's all effort and all heart, or do you just do you just look at that and go, that the talent is unwatchable. I don't care about how hard they try. It's ugly basketball, Seb. It's not pretty. There's no. There's no. Like you can't view the beauty of the game watching the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. It's awful. Yeah. I'm gonna say it now it's awful. And like, yeah. I just find it all a bit belligerent. Like not playing. They've got no wings. They've got no wing talent, bro. Like you made this point too. Like why isn't Clint Steindl playing? He played on the weekend, and look what happened, right? And yeah. again, like they got Nikita Mikhailovsky just sitting there in a polo top, and he just doesn't want to play him. And I, I have to yeah. watch what they're putting out there. Like, bro, Cairns didn't have Scott Machado and they still got beat convincingly. I know. It's awful. I, I just, all we watch is Josh Adams. You know, Josh Adams has to do it because he's the, him and Majed are the only two that can score. And yeah. they've just got to go break down guys one-on-one. They're not putting Magne in... Like, Magne hasn't been great, right? I'm not sitting here defending Will Magne, right? But, like, it's a bit like Andre, right? You've got to know what Will Magne's strengths are. R- Will Magne is a rim-running big, right, who can finish around the ring, right? He can catch lobs, he's athletic, catch around the ring, operates well in high pick and rolls, and that's what he is. He's a rebounder, rim-runner, right? And Andre knew that, right? And... You watch him now, he's a shadow, like, he's a shadow himself. And everyone can talk about, oh, you know, it's the foot injury, whatever it was. It's, you know, the NBA put too much weight on him and all that. He hasn't fundamental, like, he can still play. I'm going to defend him here. Like, people used to say, oh, I was a critic at Brisbane. It was like, well, you know, like, people were probably too high back then was my argument. But this is... Like, this is, you need to realize what he was at Brisbane is who he is, and that's a good basketball player for this team. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there is too much focus on the hustle bullshit, Seb, and not playing basketball. Maybe that's their, maybe that's their problem is they view themselves as this. Because you've got to play basketball to win games. Yeah. This is rubbish. 
I'm going to call it out. It's rubbish. And I was a fan of Scott Roth. I said it was a good appointment. I'm not so sure now. It's two, it's two weeks in, mate. No, I don't care, bro. You can see it in the game style. It's ugly. Yeah. And the rotations. Yeah. I just, like, you get a next star, you play him. Otherwise, don't take yeah. him. There are other teams in the league who'd want a next star. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't take it in and then not use it. And you don't only recruit one big man. They've only got one. I know. Name another player on that list. I, I, no, I want to look at the height chart. I want to have a look at the yeah. height chart because I don't think there's another guy over like 6'9 in the lineup. McVay and Krizlovic yeah. are the same size, yeah. right? They're the backups. Jared Bearstow, like, how was Jared Bearstow signed before Cam Bearstow, Seb? How? Yeah. Questions <laughs> have to be asked. And if I'm Tasmania, you know who's get? Well, you put this on the rundown, and I won't keep you too long here, but you no. put this on the rundown, right? There's a certain former boomer who's available now yeah. in the free agency market. Yeah. You're Tasmania. Pick up the damn phone. I don't know if there's money in the kitty, mate. I think. No, I, I tell you who. I tell you who should be calling him up. I tell you who yeah, should be calling him up. It's Melbourne I'm United. Yeah, yeah. Melbourne United, get on the phone. Vince would have been yeah, making Son, the call yesterday. Thon Maker for those. Who yeah, who aren't knowing who we're stuff. referencing, right? <laughs> sorry, yeah, Thon Maker. Yeah, like sorry, we we didn't uh, we didn't uh, you know point to that i thought it was you know i'm talking to the innocent you know the beltway here seb you know like the the you know the no, innocent uh but yeah i just look at this team and it's not big I, jock perry's big right jock perry's tall I, I'll, I'll note that but i'm not sure like he's more of a i'm not sure he's a backup center in the league i think he's a body that you have on the bench that's ready to go in case both your big guys get in foul trouble or whatever but you can't have him in extended minutes and and will magnay he does have a tendon you know he's a shot challenger so he's going to get in foul trouble um enough about tasmania over it i don't want to talk about it it's it's actually like i think organizationally they've been very good in how they built the sport up there and yep. it's good for the league but they've got to put out a better product on the floor i'm sorry it takes time it takes it'll take some time but i guess it's a bit of a disappointment because you know we were all geared up for a great a great new franchise and I think it's better in the cap as I said last week to the NBL that they've been able to grow in COVID in these difficult mm. times but if, if this is what it is it's, it's not the best start and I think it's a bit of a cautionary tale for commentary about you know low league commentary about expansion and we've been big on this yeah. historically Carl saying you've got to call before you can walk I'm a bit more gung ho on expansion because I do think that from the for the taking a long time horizon, I do think it's important. But you do still have to have a sustainable element to it. So that and that's not only commercially, but it's so you don't tarnish your product yeah. with you know a roster that isn't really fit for an NBL roster. Yeah, that, I guess that's and we've seen that in the AFL, right? Like how bad were the Giants and the Gold Coast? Yeah. For so many years, and in the Gold Coast case, they haven't been able to fix it. No, you know, so it's, it's really crucial that you get that right because the first five years. And shout, shout out to Rowan here when we had him on Rowan Shaw from the from the Phoenix a few years ago when they were starting. You only get one chance to be a startup, right? Yeah. And so 
you know, that's where you create cultures. That's where the germination of your identity is formed, you know. And that's, that's the concern I have with, with expansion and the Jack Jumpers. It's a great, it's a great initiative, great product, great organization to start. But at the end of the day, this is a sporting organization. It needs to win games of basketball. It needs to be entertaining. People need to go to the games. Otherwise, it's never going to be, it's never going to push on to the level that we think it can. Oh, correct. And the Phoenix came in swinging, right? And they came in with an yeah. entertaining product. I'll give Tommy and Rowan, you know, Tommy did a great job building a first-year roster, right? I know they, they yeah. finished down towards the bottom of the ladder, but they won on opening night against United, as all new franchises do. And uh, But they had, like, John Robeson. You know, they had Ben Madgen, yeah. who, was, who, while not flashy, was a, you know, stalwart, competent yeah. player in the league right he was a good player he yeah. was like a very good player at the kings and when he was a bit young you know he's a good player right and then they had yeah. mitch creek they had ty wesley right they missed on their big but dane filled that role and it was kind of good for the club too to have dane because it's you know it's a guy who's come out of junior programs is a good guy you know a good role model for kids coming through right so they kind of nailed it this is why i'm a bit disappointed here I'm a bit dis. I oh, know yeah. it's easier in Melbourne than what it is in Tasmania, but I'm a little bit disappointed. Well, that's enough about Tasmania. I was going to say we bring up Cairns now, but it's really hard to get a read on Cairns until we really know what is happening with Machado's foot injury. Well, the heel injury, right? Is it even really worth talk? I mean, they got a tough win on the weekend, but what are your thoughts? Do we discuss that tonight? Uh, look, or leave it? I, I, we'll give a shout out to McCall because I think he looks really damn good and I love his energy and what he brings to the table. But I, I agree, like, Machado's huge. If they lose Machado, they're probably the worst team in the league for me. Mm. Just because I think the Jack Jumpers will get a fair bit of help at home and they'll win some games that people don't expect them to win. Um, but yeah, let's, let's wait for the Machado analysis, I think, the prognostication, the diagnosis, mate, and see... We'll talk about cans next week, I reckon. Mate, now I can I can hear you've left your car now, mate. You're back indoors, which means <laughs> uh, you, we can get down to the serious business. You can't be thinking, and it'd be dangerous on the road to be thinking about picking the line, Sep. So uh, <laughs> let's, we'll do that. Now you're in the safety of, of being on the phone outside the car. Let's let's do this this week. Our famous, what is it, guess the lines, or we call it pick the line. We'll call it pick the lines just for a bit of difference, right? We wouldn't want oh, to be I called know. knockoffs again. Um, <laughs> Melbourne United, Sydney Kings at Melbourne. What's your, what's your line in that one? Oh, it's in Melbourne. So that's the, the three-point favourite, right? Yeah. Um. I reckon Sydney is slightly better. I'm going to go Melbourne minus two and a half. Mate, we're bang on the same. Melbourne minus two and a half. I actually think Melbourne win this game, though, funnily enough. I just yeah, think they're going yeah. to get – it's they're, they're like the premier franchise in the league. I feel like they're going to go home again. They're going to get some calls. There's going to be a bit of renewed energy after the uh, after the – the you know throwdown what 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 happened yeah. there so I just feel like that that's probably I and think two and a half they, they made the decision to leave Chris out right so I feel like they're getting cherry ripe for this one. Oh, a hundred percent they're getting cherry ripe for this one. I think this is they're ready to go. I I think Melbourne yeah. win this. Go- Chris uh, Chris is back. Uh, and then there's even talk Jack White might be back. So I just think this is all ready to go for Melbourne, and and I think that line will actually balloon out if. Adams or Hunter are missing. True. And or they could be both missing. So I agree with you. I think that's about a I I think the bookies will have it at Melbourne minus two point five. 
and it won't be the yeah. bargain that we got it. Sydney even money money line in round one won't be that. That's for sure. No, I no. wouldn't be betting this one. Um, Illawarra and New Zealand. What's your line, Seb? Uh, it's in Illawarra I've, at the at the uh, at, at the Win Entertainment Centre. Yeah, I think look, Illawarra clearly favourites, but I would put it probably five and a half. Um, I think it's just because I do have a fair bit of respect for New Zealand and they'll be hungry to still win. And, you know, Illawarra, they've had a good start to the year and teams do tend to, um, do tend to have a, a few slip ups or, or hit some, hit some patches after a big start. I'm going to say Illawarra favorite by 5.5, but weirdly enough, I wouldn't be taking it. No, I wouldn't be touching this either. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to be different to you because if we saw, I, I'm going not what I what I think it is, on what I think the bookies will have it at. I okay. think the bookies will be very negative on New Zealand, and they're very high as Illawarra on Illawarra. They've just pushed Illawarra into three dollars sixty favourites for the title, which I think is a bit short. I think I, yeah. I, the drop off in Sydney and Perth is a bit overreactionary for me. I thought yeah. they played decent teams and were undermanned on the weekend. So I'm not really yeah. I think the Hawks and Southeast Melbourne they're all high on, right? But that's because they've mm. got the full complement of guys and we kind of see what they are. While with Perth and yeah. Sydney we don't have that reject. So I'm gonna I think the bookies are gonna have this at minus eight point five set. I think Jeez. it's going to be okay. 7.5 or 8.5. I'm going to go 8.5 just because the Hawks yep. are the new favourites. New Zealand haven't won a game and they're going to be negative on it. But I'm more inclined to lean towards your end of the fence here because mm. Tom Abercrombie back and then, you know, you've got Seaver won't mm. be back, but they'll have a full complement apart from Seaver available. So I think yep. this is the first time... I actually think that they'll give them a bit of a run. We'll see what happens. So mm, I, I, mm. I I do agree with you. I think this is a danger, bit of a danger game. Uh, I think it's a bit of a danger game because at the end of the day, the NBL is pretty even. Yeah, because Jeremiah Martin's back. Jeremiah Martin's yeah. a good basketball player. So if he's back, you get more stability in the backcourt again. I, I think this is a dangerous team. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I agree. I, I still think Hawkeyes win and they're going to be reasonable favourites. But I... I can't get around any sort of eight or nine and a half or any garbage yeah. like that. No, I, I, I don't agree with it, but that's kind yeah. of just based on how I read these things, what they're going to do, I think. Yeah. I, I, okay. you know, I wouldn't be touching this game. I, my picks are not on what I'd set it at. It's what my guess is what it's going to be. Um, yeah. Perth versus Brisbane at RAC Arena. What's your pick here? Oh, look, money line, I think Perth the biggest lock of the week. Yeah. Um, but we're doing lines here. Uh Can I do an even six? Is that possible? That's possible, yep. Go for it. Because I was going to pick six and a half. Yep. Okay, yeah, I think six. I think six wildcat favorite. Yeah, I agree. I'm at six and a half. Uh, For the same reasons you are. I just don't... It's it's impossible to win two in a row at the jungle. It just is. Right, so yeah. the best result for like we just we were both saying privately off air that Brisbane will be ecstatic with a split. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, they're going to go in there, you know, like th- throwing the hammer down on on Friday night. I just don't think, you know, you know how the refereeing goes in Perth. You know how momentum goes in Perth if you make a couple of mistakes. I think Bryce will shoot the ball better. I think the yeah. bookies will have it at six and a half, and I think Perth. Let me will probably ask you a question. It. Suppose Brisbane win this game. I know. I know. We're just doing pick the lines, but this occurred to me. Suppose they win this game. 
Does that say more about Brisbane or more about Perth to you? More about Brisbane. I think okay. Brisbane, we're talking title contender if they win this week. Yep. Fair enough. That's Fair I, enough. I'm not willing to put a line through anyone that's got significant injuries yet. So, like, people who want to smash Perth, people who want to smash the Kings, I'm not here yep. for yet because they've got key pieces out. I get mm. Perth's key pieces are reduced. Like, you know, it, they've obviously got Blanchfield back and he played well on the weekend. But, but Hodgson and Norton are still two starters and I do think they make a significant difference. So... I'm not even if Perth lost this game I'll go you know what like yeah a couple of alarm bells are ringing and maybe you got to play with some of the pieces like maybe you move Frazier for something else or mm. or whatever but uh I at this point in time I'm not overly concerned and to be honest I I really I, I'm high on both of these teams so I you know I yeah. think it'll be a good game of basketball this is the yeah. this is a huge one next Seb, um which is the Sydney Kings against Southeast yeah. Melbourne at Kudos Bank so it's the Melbourne double. They're getting like the the throw yep. both of the throwdown members this week. What what are you thinking? Oh, depends on the injury, so it's a bit hard to prognosticate. Mm. Depends if the NBL do decide to make any sort of suspensions or whatnot as well. Yep. Um, I think they's let's I'll take into account the injury. You're gonna think this is crazy value, this Carl, but. I'll take into account the injury and I'll say the Kings minus one and a half. I'm with you. Oh, didn't expect that. Yeah, I was thinking it's Kings one and a half, two and a half if there were no injuries. Yeah. I, I think the bookies, they got South, they've installed, but this is not me. I think the Kings will win this game, right? My, my pick is the yeah. Kings here, provided they are healthy. Kings win if they're healthy, right? I, I don't think yeah. they win. I don't think they can win games against the contenders like on the weekend. They can give them a run, uh, but yeah. maybe they could sneak one out. But I wouldn't be content with taking them if they didn't have no. Jalen Adams and RJ Hunter, right? So I'm mm. pretty confident on the – I I think I agree with you. I think the market's overly hyped on Southeast Melbourne. They're second favourite behind Illawarra, right? For the yeah. like, Illawarra 360, they're $4. So they're going to value them really highly. So I think – and Kings are around that market. Kings are at 5 bucks, right? So I think yeah. taking into account home court, no injuries, I think you're going to have the Kings at minus one and a half. Yeah. Be my pick. I agree with you 100%. Agreed. Yep. Cairns and Adelaide at the Cairns Convention Centre on Saturday night. Uh, well, assuming the Chardo is out, we don't know the, the full extent, do we? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say even money for this. For even money? Yeah, even money. With Mach- is that Machado in or Machado out? Uh, I think we have to assume him out, bro, because if the swelling's that bad, they can't even get an accurate scan. How's he going to play on Saturday night? Yeah, well, if he's out, if he, yeah, that's fair. If he's out, I feel like I still wouldn't push Adelaide more than sort of two and a half points. I really wouldn't. No, nah, that's fair. That's why I, I think the bookies will be in line with you. I kind of I had Adelaide three and a half. Just because okay. I put it yeah. at the same level as what they were against has. You know, like I said the same versus Tasmania, though, and they were underdogs, bro. Yeah, I know. But and, I, do, I don't love Adelaide as a team, but and they've got to go to Cairns, which is always difficult. It's and tough stadium shooting. And wounded, wounded Taipan, mate. So, uh, 
I, I couldn't in all good conscience think that anything over two and a half, minus two and a half is a good bet if, yeah. you're, if you're on the Adelaide side of it. Yeah, I'm going, I'm saying it'll be Adelaide, the bookmakers will go Adelaide minus 3.5 if Machado's not playing. And if Machado's yeah. playing, I think, I think your pick em is going to be about right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't see him playing, man. If they if they're doing oh that we can't get accurate scans because his foot's so bruised, there's no yeah, chance. I, I think he's not playing this week, right? It's a question of how long he's out for. Yeah, fair. Now the next fair. one. This is a big round. This round, Melbourne United yeah. at home to the New Zealand Breakers. Oh, jeez. If United oh. lose to the Kings, they won't lose this game. Yeah, look, I think I would frame this with Chris back. It's a good four and a half, maybe five and a half, I think, in favour of United. I'm in agreement. I'm with you mm. again. We've both studied NBL odds for so long now that we kind of... <laughs> <I know. laughs> we, it's kind of instinctive. What You know what you're going to get. And then when you get a Christmas present like we got with a couple of them in round one, we were like... Yeah. What's going on here? But you kind of know I, what these are going to be. I, I think. I think, I, I think there might be a bit of hesitation from the bookies, and they might entice people at the three and a half early on in yeah. the week. But I think as it goes out, as the as a week goes on, you'll see it drift to four, or maybe five and a half. That's my thinking on it. And the problem with this game is they'll withhold the odds on this one right until after the games on Thursday and Friday. Because they'll want to know about injuries. They'll want to know yeah. about, like, you know, like, I don't think Pete, Peatling, if they're, like, Peatling and Barlow are the ones that are under investigation per the tribunal yeah. hearing, right? Uh, yeah. So they're the ones that are the, I, I don't understand why Barlow is, because there were quite a few Melbourne players that left the bench and it was for leaving the bench or something. It's like, well, you know, like mm. I saw Chris over there. I saw everyone. Like Malt, I think there were like three or four players over there, right? Yeah. Uh, but maybe Barlow was engaged in physical. I, I didn't. I didn't. You know, we didn't have the mm. insider tape as to what was going on inside there. But if it was just for leaving the bench, there were multiple guys who left the bench, right? Yeah. So I again, I don't see them being. Sus- I, and again, I'm going to say this right now. Like if if you're doing the no one should be suspended for any of that and especially the Illawarra Sydney game like that was handbags at ten paces compared to mm. Southeast Melbourne and Melbourne I don't think anyone in any of the games should be suspended fine if you must but that's a maximum but I agree I I had this at five and a half uh, yeah. again it will be pending and I tell you what would be beautiful would be a Melbourne loss to Sydney then you'd just be like mm, <laughs> this is this seems good. Right, then they're yeah. on the revenge tour. On, but I actually think Melbourne go two and zero this weekend. I think they will wind up at two and two. It'll Ooh, all be kind of level by the end of it. Yeah, big call, big call. What's the next game, mate? Eh? Brisbane Illawarra at, at at in Queensland. Oh, I really wish Brisbane weren't coming back from the Perth trip because I feel like that's uh, that would be an absolute corker. It still might be. Mm. And in fact, I'm inclined to think that Perth will really, really beat down on Brisbane because yeah. I think Brisbane will be looking ahead to Illawarra. I know they're a professional outfit and probably not, and I'm not saying they're going to throw the Perth game or anything like that. Don't but if they're down by 15, if they're down by 15 in the third or the early fourth, like you're going to see some withdrawal of the troops. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And 
I think I would have this game genuinely even money. Yeah, if it was us doing it, right? But yeah. Do you reckon the bookies do that? No, I think they'll have Hawks slight favourite, maybe two and a half. Yeah, so I was thinking they're going to have the Hawks as three and a half favourites because I think the Bullets yeah. will lose to Perth and everyone will go, well, this is Illawarra's to win, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. for me, like the Perth trip's the only worry. If there was no Perth trip, mate, I'd be mm. saying this is Pickham. That's right. In Brisbane's exactly. arena. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, but I think we're both, you're at two and a half, I'm at three and a half on that one as our guesses yeah. as to what they'll do. Um, yeah. Perth and the Jack Jumpers. In Perth. Oh, in, in Perth. Um, what is this I our first double digit? Uh, double digits in the NBL is tough. Uh, I, I think every time I bet a double digit line in the NBL, I've lost. Um, having said that, uh, if it were me, I'd set it about 10 and a half. <laughs> yeah. But I think, the, I think the bookmakers will be a bit kinder and go the eight and a half. Yeah, see, I was debating between an 11.5 and, and 12.5. And oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Tasmania are rubbish. Uh, but yeah. the thing is, I think Perth are under, you know, underdone a bit with who they've got and fitting pieces in, with like such as Blanchfield, mm. etc. Mm. Uh, I feel like Perth, they're going to go 2-0 this weekend, I feel, and arrest the, you know, like any yeah. sort of negativity coming out of Sunday. I, I'm I'm going to be very bullish on the Wildcats here and suggest that they're going to be minus 12.5. Wow. In the jungle. Wow. Yeah. Welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games and minus 12.5 margins, mate. I would like the plus on that, I think. Yeah. But I hear you. I, I, I think 10.5, and, and I reckon the bookies might be kinder and open it at 9.5. Yeah. Sydney... And the Jack Jumpers at Kudos Bank at the Kingdom. Oh God, back to back smacking. That is, that is <laughs> as hard a double as you'll get all season in the NBL. Is backing up from Perth to then go to Sydney. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think weirdly, I think, I think seven and a half King favourites. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think they're going to go seven and a half or eight and a half, depending. And injuries, and injuries might even be a bit touch lower. I think eight. I'm going to go eight and a half, Seb. Just a yeah, I'll go seven and a half. Don't give them a chance. Yeah, that's it. So no, that's it, mate. That's the big round. We've done up. We've done a. What's your game of the round? The Brisbane Illawarra, yeah. I've got. It depends on injuries, right? So. I'm. I'm. Oh, personally, you like the Phoenix as well with the Kings. I like the King. I've got three games. I, I've got actually four games that I think are really great watches this weekend. And I know that's easy to say because there's so no, there's not that many games to pick for, but I really think the Melbourne United Kings one will be interesting. I think Melbourne win. As I said, I think they'll get the calls. I think that'll happen. Um, yeah. Just the home, the home influence there coming off emotional loss on Sunday just feels it. I think Perth yeah. and Brisbane will be really good. I think yeah. Illawarra and Brisbane will be really good. Yeah. And you, I'll surprise you. I, I, no, I won't surprise you at all. It's the Kings and South East Melbourne is my other one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you, mate. I agree with oh, you. It's and another watchable round, yeah. I think it would be interesting to see New Zealand just to see, you know, if the flicker of their season is still is still there as well. I, I'm interested in that. Also, keep an eye out. Matt Walsh said he'll have an announcement on his Twitter account. 
uh, on the New Zealand Breakers Twitter account, it is going to be breaking. Uh, yeah. So that keep an eye out whether that's going to be something NBA like you know like maybe a collaborate maybe the preseason games over there. I don't know what what it will be or whether it'll be a roster move. Who knows? Uh, mm. So and it'll also be interesting to see if anyone jumps on Thon Maker in the next uh, week or so, two weeks. Agree, agree, mate. Agree. Watch this space, mate. Well, that's another episode of the Beston and Greenway podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much every major podcasting platform. Obviously, if you have enjoyed the show, please subscribe. Just click the button. And if you have a spare moment, uh, we'd really appreciate a review. If it takes 30 seconds, obviously five-star reviews are even more appreciated. Uh, but thank you very much for listening in once again, and, and we hope you all enjoy round three. Thanks again, Seb. Been a pleasure, mate. Fair, man.